Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. It is Wednesday, April 21st. My name's Dave Mercer, and welcome to a show that goes by my very name. This is Mercer. Back to put a little more hump in your hump day, middle of the week, and having a little fun here on this show. We want to thank all of you for tuning in week after week, and... Um, I'm excited to let you know that I promised you one thing. I said, come along with us on this weird little ride. I can't tell you what it's going to be, but I'm going to work my butt off to make this a better show week after week. And all of a sudden, it's got a lot better. I mean, what have you always wanted? I mean, a more obnoxious Mercer and... We may have done it. The show officially has sounds and... Who doesn't? I promise not to use that too, too much. But I mean, hey, that, that's my investment in you. We have sounds now. This week's show brought to you by the letter Z. All our guests go by the name of Z. But before we jump into this week's show, I got to talk about this week's event. We have a huge event coming up on Lake Fork. And Lake Fork is always incredible. But right now... Lake Fork is bananas. That's right. It is literally going off this week's event. The fifth stop of the Bassmaster Elite Series is going to be absolutely insane. I mean, moments ago, I got a text from somebody that just caught a 12-1. Um, it is going off. It is perfect timing. And those of you that know me know how important Lake Fork is to me. Without Lake Fork, I don't even have my dream job of working for bass. I mean... That event that, that was founded on Lake Fork, I mean, the original TTBC, the, the whole reason that there is a catch, weigh, and release approach to fishing at all, that's what it was designed around. It was designed so that they wanted to have an event that celebrated the crown jewel of Texas Parks and Wildlife, which is Lake Fork. Because of the slot there, there was no way to have a pro event. So they designed Catch, Way and Release, and along the way, I got a job as an MC. and without that tournament and its incredible history, there's no way that Bass hires me. Um, so, I mean, it's obviously a very, very special place to me. Not just a place to fish, but, but a, the people that, I've, that have been going there for over a decade, you know, 15, I don't even know how long I've been going there, but so many people that, that, that I just look forward to seeing every single year, and and this is no bias to anything else, but because of my history there, outside of the Bassmaster Classic, there's literally no event I look forward to more. But unfortunately, I'm not gonna be there this year. That's right. I'm not gonna make the event this year. Um, COVID has affected many of us in many different ways, and now it's taking away from me something that I, I dreamed of doing and something that, that, that I, I cherish every moment of. I'm in COVID protocol, and I can't travel this week. Um, so many people have been affected by COVID in so many different ways. Uh, I get it. Uh, I mean, I consider myself lucky that this is all that it's affecting, but it sucks. I mean, for me, if... if those of you that know me personally know how important this event is and you know how gutted I will be to sit on the sidelines 
when it, it is going to absolutely go off. I mean, it is going to be an insane week. There's people talking about records getting broken, records getting shattered, and, and, and I'm not going to be there. Who will MC, you ask? I have no idea. You're going to have to tune into the event to check it out and and see who they get to MC. Um, but before the rumors start swirling, I'm not going to be there. I'll be at the next event. Um, I am going to be working the event. Thank God. Due to technology and all the things that companies have had to overcome the last number of years, I'm still going to be part of live. You're still going to hear my voice on live. I'm still going to be working with Davey. I'm just not physically going to be there. And I'm gutted about it. It kills me not to be there because it's freaking bananas. Okay, no, no more of that. No more of that. So that's the big news, and uh, uh, it's news I hate to break to you, but um, I mean, this week's show is presented by the letter Z. All our guests have a name that begins with Z, and this next guy is going to be there. And although he's had an uncharacteristically tough season up to this point, he's been so close to the winning pattern so many times, but it just hasn't gone together for him. If there's an event that he can turn it around, I mean, big baits, big bass, you know who I'm talking about. Let's bring in our first guest, Chris Zaldane. N never mind the Zaldangerous one. M maybe it's officially Cowboy Chris Zaldane. What the hell oh, are like you it. wearing? Dude, how about that, huh? That is a 50% uh, um, beaver and 50%, uh, I don't know if it's mink or trait could help me out here, but dude, I just spent the last two and a half days filming with the city of fort worth and uh dude they took us on a tour and we're going to take you guys on a tour we did a, a you know youtube video on it it'll be on my channel it'll be on bassmasters channel it'll be on the city of fort worth channel but from the boot making to the hat shaping i mean downtown fort worth has got it going on it's open for business and it shows with this brand new hat they, they i mean literally this started out as a blank and of course I had to go with the, uh, you know, kind of the, that, that Navy, you know, or, or that, 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 that green color there, that kind of military green. And, uh, they fitted this hat for me and it's, uh, it, it's, it says nothing but Fort Worth. And just like they say around here, it's the modern West. And, uh, I think that hat shows it, it kind of goes with the mustache too. 50% beaver and a hundred percent awesome. If you awesome. Ask. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me what you did this week because everybody thinks, you know, this giant tournament going on Lake Fork, I'm not even fishing it, but I'm obsessed with how good this could be. So yeah. everybody would think that Chris Aldane spent his week in the garage, sharpening hooks. Not swimming baits. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And, and as you know, we're between, between tournaments we're between the Sabine River and, and, and Lake Fork, and, and you know the boy Bass uh, kind of scheduled it. We have a week off, and and uh, you know for the guys, for your Northern boys, for your Canadian guys, you know they're kind of in a pickle. Like, dude, do we go home for two days and then go drive right back down, or do we hang out and and stay on Sam Rayburn or or you know Toledo Bend or one of those places? 
places and a lot of guys did that but fortunately for me i live in fort worth here so i was able to work with the city of fort worth here over the last couple of days leading up to lake fork and and uh, do some work with them and film dickie's arena and film the will rogers arena where everything's going to go down in, in just 48 days from right now when we're, we're we're filming here um so come middle of june and I know you asked about Lake Fork Day, but I'm like, my mind is on on Ray Roberts in June. Um, so uh, so we got to do some of that stuff. That was really cool. Um, but tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow's Sunday, Monday practice starts. And, uh, um, you know, so tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll rem- I, dude, I haven't removed my, you know, little tubes and my small little eighth ounce jigs that were used in the little <laughs> quarter ounce spinner baits from the Sabine River. I haven't even taken those out of my Skeeter boat yet. And, and uh so we're going to remove all that stuff, you know, your black and blues, your, your straight up blues and, and real dark colors. We're going to remove all that stuff out of my boat and go to those natural watermelon reds, green pumpkins, and those big giant swim baits I like throwing on Lake Fork. So, um, and dude, it has been, um, I know, like I saw like Seth, like he posted a, 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 a video. He got home just a couple days ago in between these events. It was like snowing in Minnesota. Yeah. And, uh, and we had a bunch of precipitation here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Dude, it was like 40 degrees overnight. Uh, it felt like 55 to 60 degrees th- this week leading up to the fork event. So what does that tell us in, in April? Um, it means, it means a delayed spawn and not to mention that Arctic blast that those Canadians blew down to Texas here. Whoa, and, dude, whoa. Yeah, why know, does it always get blamed on Easy. Canada? I know. Easy. I mean, nobody, yeah. like, first of all, it, I made it home before it hit. So yep. it came from the South, but yeah. still Canada <laughs> takes the blame. <laughs> totally. So dude, we're still dealing with the remnants of that. I mean, we're, we were talking and visiting with a lot of the businesses and things in, in, in Fort Worth, the Dallas Fort Worth area. And of course we, we suffered that Arctic blast in February and these homes and these businesses and these buildings and infrastructure is not built the way you guys build them up North in Canada in the North. And, and we really suffered uh, a heavy blow and that really just kind of continued into March and April. So it's definitely been a lot cooler than normal. And you're going to see that at this April uh, Lake Fork event where normally it'll be mainly spawning and post-spawn. I think you're going to see a lot of pre-spawn and spawning uh, going on at, at, at Lake Fork next week. And, um, you know, you, it, that tournament we saw where Patrick Walters won last year in, what was it, September, October. It was a yeah. fall tournament where guys were using their electronics. They were suspended out over deeper water. It's going to be a complete 180 of that. There's going to be a lot of heavy hitting going on right on the bank, shallow, uh, we're leading up to a full moon, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, the gist of that story was that everything is kind of delayed this weather, this current weather a week before the event has been super cool, rainy, cloudy. Um, it has definitely held back those waves of spawners that we uh, anticipate coming, um, for Toyota Texas fest. That was the greatest answer ever because I asked Wasn't you it awesome? what you were doing this past week. I was literally just waiting to hear about the, <laughs> the line dancing and everything. And we have traveled <laughs> through the economic system of Dallas-Fort yes. Worth and how houses are built. Yes, we did. <laughs> so I'm not going to throw you any more softballs. I'm going to throw you a hardball right oh, now. Oh, no, I, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid because you're this year. 
This year has been uncharacteristic for you. And and when you look from the outside, if you just look on paper, you'd be like, wow, things are going really bad for you. Exactly. Dude, three out of four events that I know of, three out of the four events we've had, you were literally on the winning pattern or the pattern that contested for it. So that has to be driving you crazy. Yep. And, And Dave, we talked about this on stage at the last event. There is a, such a fine line between success and failure in this sport. And I remember like growing up and, and man, I've been at this and I've known you for nine years now. This is my ninth season on the lead series uh, trail. Uh, you know, just going into it, it's like, man, you, I, I remember talking to guys like Jeff Crete and Jared Lintner and, and some of those guys that had grown into it. And, and, and they, they just expressed how hard it was to stay on top and just how one little decision will lead you on this path to success or one little bad decision will lead you on this path of failure downhill. And it is so true. Even nine years into it, I'm still learning that whole concept. And, and this year, especially, man, we got off to a really rough start, you know, uh, you know, the St. St. John's river. um, And, you know, but this most recent one, uh, the Sabine river, shoot, I think I had like a a 90th and 80th and a 60th place finish uncharacteristic for me. I've never been here, but again, I'm fishing like right next to first place, right next to second place. And I'm literally watching it and talking to the guy who's leading the tournament after two or three days happened with Gussie happened with Brock Mosley last week. And it all boils down to, okay, who gets there first and who's got the presentation to catch that, those fish in that area being where I'm, uh, where I'm from out, out West, we have got a plethora of techniques to catch finicky fish or pressured fish. And I always felt like I had to leg up on a guy if I beat him in an area or if I'm sharing the same area with him, but that wasn't the case, especially with Gussie, our Canadian snow leopard friend in, um, over the Tennessee river. That snow leopard that oh my be- gosh, Dave, Dave, it was, but he's the nicest guy. Like, you I know, know, but I mean, you still I, want to shoot he, him. He was in my crosshairs, no doubt, but I, I never took it off safety. <laughs> and we found the exact same fish. I had a few bites and in that canal, exact same canal. It, it literally had all the ingredients to win a tournament on smallmouth. And as a competitor, you can't go out and blast that on social media. Like, oh my God, you can win the tournament here. It's got current, it's got clear water, and it's got a little bit warmer water, and it's got the most abundant smallmouth habitat available, period. And of course, the snow leopard found it as well. So during that tournament, as I started there, I had a good boat draw. I started there, and I started throwing my little swim bait that, that is like hands down catches them but those water temperatures were like in the forties and I don't have a lot of experience, Dave, catching smallmouth in 40 degree Fahrenheit water. I don't know what you guys do that in Celsius, but uh, 40 degree (laughs) Fahrenheit water temperatures. But this dude that pulled up um, and he was like boat 90 something, this dude that pulled up in his aluminum boat, literally right next to me, everything's cool. I'm cool with him. We pull up. Yeah. We both know they're there. Cool. And I've already had a dozen casts, and I think I caught maybe one short. But as soon as he arrives, same exact spot, same exact rock pile, same current breaks. He starts vertical fishing like he does back home up there and just crack, crack, cracking these threes and fours, smallmouth. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I had the area. 
did not have the technique. And, and that really sucks when you actually see it happening, unfolding in front of you. That irks you more than anything as a professional angler. Someone catching them in front of you. You know they're there. You had the bites in practice. But when it matters, when you're on the clock and someone else is doing the damage and you're not, you're just like, dude, I, you just feel you like you feel yourself moving down on the standings. And that's what happened there. That's what happened at the Sabine river uh, last week as well. You know, losing a battle with, with, with Brock Mosley, you know, he, he was leading it for, I think two days ended up in second or third, making that long run out to uh, uh, through Galveston Bay into that clear Creek area. And it was just a small canal. We've seen that canal before, you know, a play in the past and, and it's a very small area. But if you were in that area first, you caught every single fish that was biting. And that was that, man. And again, we talk about that fine line, success, failure, tiny little line there. And Zaldane's been riding that little line all, all, <laughs> all year long. So um, it's just how it goes. But, you know, it's, it's, it's all a part of the experience. You know, you just log that as experience and you just kind of play off of it going into the next one. Do you – does that – does that bring you down or does that, or do you feel like, man, it, my season is so, not what's on paper. My yeah. season's so different than, than most people would ever imagine. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it does bring you down, of course, but fortunately for me, I've, I've got a few years under my belt and man, I'll tell you what, Dave, if this was, you know, uh, my rookie season was what, 2012, you and I talked a lot on stage, 2012, 2013, 14, those first three years, if you come out of the gates with the finishes I've had and, you know, your first one, two, three years on tour, dude, you get smoked. The, you know, the fans don't look at you. The sponsors don't give you the attention. Uh, the cute girls, you know, like when I was growing up, you know, I, 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 you know, I got traits attention, uh, you know, the first couple of years and, and it's, just, it, it's just nothing clicks. And um, so, yeah, fortunately I, I've been around. I don't think I'm like, I don't think I have quite veteran status yet. I'm somewhere stuck in between at, at nine years of experience, but I kind of know what to expect. I kind of know how to rebound, but you literally have to take it one step at a time. Um, you know, I, I got some really good advice from our, our good buddy, Mike Iconelli, you know, one of the hardest workers I would call, I would say, uh, Mike Iconelli, you, Zona, are some of the, the, the one of the top three or top four hardest workers in our industry, always getting after it in different ways. But as far as like spending time on the water, Mike Iconelli is probably one of the hardest workers on, on tour. Even at his age, he's dust till dawn, you know, a million rods on his deck, you know, has to retile a million rods going into, you know, midnight at times. But he told me, you know, he, he says it, you know, he says it best is you fish through it. You're in a slump, fish through it. And the way I think, um, you know, the way I interpret that is you take it one step at a time. Um, you got yourself in this position, this slump, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, one fish at a time. So you, you fish yourself out of it one fish at a time. So, um, you know, and in my mind, you know, Lake Fork is a, is a big fish factory. I love catching big fish, I, I, you know, and, and, um, again, with this, with this kind of delayed spawn around these parts, you know, around the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, I think it sets up to be one of those slug fest derbies that, you know, uh, a guy like me could really rebound from. Why is fishing like that? You know, when you look at other sports, I know you follow a lot of different sports, but when yeah. you look at golf and things like that, you'll see people have, but usually there's an answer. Like, yeah, man, you definite might answer, right? It, you know, right. Dude's dealing with shoulder problems. He's got yeah. some personal problems. But in fishing, you take somebody who's 
totally happy. The same they were the year before, totally committed, working just as hard, but all of yep. a sudden the tap turns off. It's insane. It's because you're dealing with more variables. Uh, golf, you got the golf club, you got the golf ball. You're dealing with weather a little bit, but you're not dealing with that variable of another living thing. Um, I guess like I never got into like professional hunting, but I, I guess it's a thing, but you're dealing with a living thing, like a deer, a living deer or a living turkey or something. They're, they're, they can be predictable they can be completely unpredictable and that's what we're dealing with bass fishing and the thing is is like nascar too like you see the guys on nascar they they deal with the same tracks year after year but every week is different the weather conditions are different the track conditions are different the hotter the track the slicker the track the colder the track the faster the cars go there's a little more grip but we go to the same fisheries every year and dude, no one year is the same. Even if you log all these, these weather conditions and how good the spawn was and the water level and the grass growth and things like that. Those are just little clues that you could use for that week. It is never like on paper. It's going to be this way. This guy won in raccoon Creek in 2019. So in 2020, 2021, it's going to be won in raccoon Creek. Never, it never happens that way, dude. And you know that, you know that you've been around these and you fish around for so long. It's never happens that way. You're just dealing with so many variables. So to, to say a guy, you know, and guys like Kevin throughout the years, how he dominated for so many years on so many different bodies of water. I mean, that is just absolutely amazing because he is so adaptive. He adapts so much. Um, and the fisheries change, the years change, the fishing pressure changes, all of it changes. So for an angler to dominate year long or to come out of a stump, uh, a slump, uh, he really just has to take all those things into consideration and then make the best calculation to apply it that week or that day or that very next day or that Thursday, next Thursday on Lake Fork. I'm in one of those positions where I take all, you know, all the, you know, the, the weather patterns we've had and all the history we've had on Lake Fork. And we apply all that to make the best, you know, kind of assumption of how the fish are setting up and how it's going to go down and, and uh, just kind of ride it throughout the week and, um, and that's how fishing is like these days, man. I mean, a four day derby, you asked Jason Christie, if he thought he was going to win after day one of the Sabine river, he probably would have said, I don't know, dude, I need a couple more days to think about it. And by day three, I'm sure he was like, man, I might have a chance to win here. And that's how fit competitive bass fishing is nowadays. It's like the guy who wins really doesn't know it until day two, day three, as he builds upon that pattern or that area and he just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So it's been really cool, man. It's been really, really cool. You, you mentioned Kevin and, and, and you can replace the name with whoever you want, but, yeah. but at this point in your career, what he did and what he has done and continues to do, but really when you look at the first 25 years of his career, I mean, it's so unbelievable. Do you, do you think you almost respect it more today than when you grew up because when you're a kid watching it I mean because for me I, I totally think when I've seen so many others come that people said this is the next Kevin right and right, then you right, just right. realize just how nope. far removed it was like yep. it's not even close when you really think about it and I did not have the privilege to fish against him in, in his prime and I would say his prime is when I was a true bass fishing fan it was about the time you came in uh Dave and 
And I graduated high school like in 2002. So around that time, early 2000s through 2010, 11, I came on the scene in 2012. He was still killing it. I think he won two tournaments while I was fishing. But in those 2000, early 2000s to mid 2000s, he was absolutely on fire. And it was everywhere. It was a Tennessee River. It was uh, good tournaments in Florida. It was any tournament up north. Uh, I remember him going to the California Delta and I was a, just a fanboy watching him on my home body water on the California Delta. I'm like, this Michigan guy is not going to catch him here. He caught him there. I mean, it's like, it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so yes, it's almost like you do respect it even more for a guy in my position, knowing what I know now and how difficult it is to dominate like that, uh, especially during that time period. I mean, I, I almost respect it more. I really do. Um, and then fast forward a decade, a decade or two, I mean, two decades now we're here in the you know 2020s. It's like, you know, there's just so much information available now, pretty much every spot, every technique, every pattern that Kevin has ever used to win a tournament is blasted all over the internet. Yeah. Two clicks away from learning that exact same thing. So, um, so he definitely like I, pioneered that whole pattern fishing running and gunning thing uh, you know that whole thing and and um it, you know now i feel like everyone's just trying to imitate that in different ways you know but um and it's just so it's so weird the game's so weird now as you know uh, content is king and everyone is trying to put out content and get spill the goods and get you know put it all out there to, to teach and to you know for for fellow anglers to learn but um, but you know, you gotta, where's the line? Like, where do you peel it back to where, Oh my gosh, I don't want my competitors to know that. Um, but all in all, I think, um, you know, since what Kevin has done and, and, uh, and really laid the groundwork for just like kicking bass ass really. And, and, and now just like every, every hot stick, every young guy wants to do that in their own way. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. It really is. I have two last questions for you. What's we have last- time already. We only have two left. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, oh, okay. I, I figure it's better that way, just little short bits, and then you'll I come back you. again. If I spend too Ten much four. time with you, you'll get pissed and never no. come back again. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> nope. First question, was there line dancing? And second question, Will you show me a move before we're done? <laughs> yes, there was line dancing today. We did, a, a, again, we did a, a nice tour of, of the city of Fort Worth and Billy Bob's, Texas. It's a, it, it's the world's largest honky tonk. I had to Google honky tonk. I mean, I've heard it in country songs before, but it's just a bar concert area and uh, it's a huge concert area. And, and I, I made the comment today. It's, uh, you know, if you can name 10 different country singers, I'll guarantee you at least nine of them has performed at Billy Bob's in Texas. So if you guys are attending the Bassmaster Classic or if you're thinking about it, book now. And uh, Billy Bob's is just one of the, uh, call them amenities or things to do while we're waiting or while you're waiting to, uh, you know, to watch the weigh in, watch us weigh in those big fish, but Billy Bob's in Texas, it's a, it's a concert at night, a kind of adult, uh, entertainment at night and in at midday, uh, you know, noon today at noon, Saturday at noon, there was, there was, you know, there was teenagers around kids around families around, and we were all learning how to line dance. And, and what I saw that. And what that looked like. Uh, oh, it was terrible, dude. It Come was, on, give me a, it was get, terrible. No, it was, uh, 
it was a, it was like a, a half a step right, half a step left, kind of little boot kick, and then three steps forward, boot kick, and then you got to do the same thing in reverse. I crumbled. I fell apart after about the, the uh, kind of the, uh, the third go around and, and uh, Trey and I were laughing and Johnny, our camera guy was laughing and, and we recorded it all. It was good. And uh, yeah, line dancing is not my thing, dude, but you know, for the, for the fishing fans of Fort Worth and, and uh, all the visitors, that's something you can do with the family. It's a good time. You get, you know, you sit there and rag on each other. It's a, it's a, it's a really good time. Zaldang, do me a favor. Go win Lake Fork. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. And you do get a classic birth from Lake Fork, don't you, this year? Right? I don't I know. So. Do you? I don't know if we're doing that. I, I, normally we do, don't we? Well, normally it's like, Texas Fest. That normally. So what are we calling it but this now year? now it's just a regular elite. It's a Lake Fork elite. So I don't know. I mean, you'd think between the two of us, one of us would know, but... I'm going to have to try to win it anyways. Classic birth or not, I'm going to have to try to win it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be a good one it'll be a good one it will be thank you very much cool i appreciate it dave thanks guys see you how awesome is chris aldane an awesome guest an awesome friend and evidently not an awesome line dancer so i'll be interested to see that um and, and i don't know you let me know in the comments if he answered any of my questions i mean i think he just took them in whatever direction he wanted but that's fine that's what this show's all about i mean there's there we're not going to give you the hard pressing questions we're just here i mean it's the middle of the freaking week right i mean stuff's gone right stuff's gone wrong people just need a little fun but but the problem is how do you top Zaldane, when you've got a show presented by the letter Z. Well, there's only one direction to go, and that is the Z. The Z train, my brother from another mother, Mark Zona. Z, I appreciate you doing this. What, what, what are you, you're from the Northern Bassmaster Studios. Is that is that where we're communicating? Uh, Dave, that's exactly where we're at right now. We're uh, cranking up for a uh, big, quote unquote, big weekend at the Bassmaster Elite Series at Lake Fork every time we go there. Uh, but this one, this one could get magical, is what the word on the street is. How realistic? I mean, I've heard some guys say that there's a chance that that record could go down. How realistic? I mean, is that? Man, you know, first off, what's the record for four days? What is 100? 132 pounds, eight ounces. Okay. It, number one, when and you know this, you, you have to have the combination of the correct lake with magical, magical timing. Um, yeah, you want to say, you know, you want to say, I mean, look, it's going to take over 100 pounds for the simple fact that that lake and a lot of the other lakes in Texas have been constantly been, they've been knocked back by cold fronts that have come in, which is setting up very well for the way the weather looks coming in to the end of this week. You know, the only thing that, you know, a lot of the places that we've gone, Dave, heck, man, you know this, They t where, where you see those wicked, crazy monster bags, it's a combination of timing. Um, and the other side of it is Lake Fork is a different monster this time of year because the world is bass fishing there. <laughs> yeah. Which, which affects that. So, Look, it's going to be a, it'll be a massive beat down. Uh, it'll, I think it'll be also be one of those very top heavy tournaments that we see in Texas a lot, but uh, sure. Hell, why not? 
Let's break the record this week. It'd be fun. Okay, speaking of breaking records, a big story last time we were there, obviously, it, you know, a big story from all last year. And I want your take on it. Everybody talks about a forward-facing sonar. Is it too much? No. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Here's, here's why I say that. Is, is I, do I understand um, a, a lot of the, the old-school mentality and thinking? A- absolutely. I totally get that. I totally understand that. But at the same time, you never want to stop. You never want to stop um, the progression of technology. I, I, I believe that. Look, I also, I also have the right to not use it. You know what I mean? Um, do, do I? But do you really? Like, hell, I want it. I want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, Dave, I fished with you. If anything could uh, benefit you and I catching one more bass, strap that thing on. <laughs> um, the, but the other, to me, the other side of that is you never, professional fishermen are the cutting edge. Uh, I, I hate to call them, you know, they're the test pilots of, of products from hooks to lures to rods to reels to motors to electronics. And I mean, I hate to say this, man, I want to see what's next. Like, I want to see what's next. Um, it, 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 is, is, is forward-facing sonars going to change the industry? Already has, no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's changed the industry from the way guys approach tournaments, especially on certain lakes where it really shines. But it also opens our eyes from calling an event that somebody, James Caldemeyer, who's a, who's a big-time guy yeah. on Fork. I, I talked to James before the tournament that Patrick Walters destroyed last year, and he said, hey, it's going to take this or this or this or this or this to win this tournament. And we were hanging up, and he said, but if somebody know, could figure out how to catch those bass that are suspended out in that outer timber, they will absolutely blow this away. I'll never forget him saying that because every time that I've talked to Combs, he's like, I really believe the massive majority of the population of bass that are in Lake Fork and a lot of those East Texas lakes, I believe the massive amount of pressure pushes a a huge population of bass offshore that suspend that never come shallow. Patrick Walters did that. Um, do I think it's going to play that, that this time around that much? I, I don't. I think it's going to play a little bit, but no, I don't. I, I, I still think Mother Nature, I've always said this, Dave. I've told, way, way back when you and I shot umbrella rig shows and people were going to, yeah, you're ruining the, you're ruining fishing TV, <laughs> is, is Mother Nature, no matter what, no matter technology, no matter an umbrella rig, Mother Nature in some way, shape, or form, always protects her baby. And I think it will absolutely apply in this too. See, I've made a bunch of jokes about how evil it is that our anglers are going from the Sabine River. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great transition. (laughs) To to Lake Fork. They're going to have to adjust. How do you adjust? And do you really have to do this for as many years? Because I know I get more excited coming into an event like this that that really could set up to be special and whether it plays out or not does it change in your mind or are you just like put the uh, read the words 
Well, hey, man, pull the curtain back. You know how I am before a tough Bassmaster Live. I'm pouty, moody, <laughs> whining. <laughs> and, and, but, here, but here's what's really weird about, I, I said this on the broadcast, I always remember the tougher events way more. You do, too, because we talk about it. Yeah. I, I always remember those tough events way more than the beatdowns. But what was really strange was last week, going into to Championship Sunday, I was more fired up to come into the studio and cover that final day because of the storylines that were going on. I, I mean, one of them, the dude that one's a, a close friend of mine. But the other side of it is, to me, that tournament was way more strategic. I heard you when you when you and Davey, when you were doing Dave and Davey segment, talk about this, that there's way more game planning and strategy in a tournament like that. And there was in this event. Um, I, I thought that part of it, I thought about when 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 Hackney won there, you know, a few years ago. Even though it, it was a brutal, painful grinder, at the end of it, you're like, damn, dude earned it. Dude really, really earned it. And here's why I say that, Dave, and, I, and I, you can't bring this across on Bassmaster Live, but you get to feel exactly what I'm going to say behind the stage. Christy, he was a nervous wreck yeah. from, day, from day Wednesday through the entire event of gas consumption and is there another angler? Oh, and hey, by the way, now my spot just roasts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, that's what made that special. But then when you, and don't get me wrong, you also, the, the, to, to make that transition to, to Lake Fork, um, now we have a home run derby. Everybody loves home run derbies. Um, each are really, to me, very special in their own way because it's all relative. Somebody's going to hold that blue trophy at the end of the week, and, and it'll all, you know, it's still a show, and it was a big show at Sabine. It really was. And I think that the, every event it has to be different. You know what I mean? That, that's what makes it. I mean, thank God they are, else they wouldn't need guys like us to talk about crap. I mean, do I like three to six football games? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, hey, but, but hey, every now and then, I guess I do. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Okay. This, this is a very important question. This is the only question I really want to answer. Z, am I the greatest regular season fantasy football stud yet the number one playoff dud you've ever met? It, listen, for, for somebody that's watching this, you say to yourself, well, I don't give a heck about, you know, I don't care about, about fantasy football, but we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, we do. Exactly. We call professional bass fishing tournaments, and outside of that, our career truly is fantasy football. I have never. I have never in my life seen, seen, listen, my kids talk about it. it it's, it's almost become folklore that you will, you will put on a display throughout the season to where you're like, kid is unstoppable. The kid is unstoppable. And, and we've, but it's turned into, don't worry, when the playoffs get here, it is. And Dave, I have to ask you a question back. You played fantasy football now for a decade, and, and it is a very addicting thing. 
I think you've won 90% of every season you've played, and I need to know how many playoff wins do you have? You're starting I mean, to sweat. Won. You're starting to sweat. Oh, I am. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I, I haven't won. Okay, I haven't won in the playoffs, and and uh, uh, I mean, whatever. But they, they, see, the problem is your teams they they friggin' mess with your mind. They make you believe. Like this year, I was like, okay, it's happened before. But look at the holes I filled yeah. here. You know what I mean? Like you make mistakes, and you're like, okay, next time I'm not gonna. I'm going to draft a QB sooner. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like everybody's got their shake approach. It up. You shake it up. So you're like, Hey, I'm going to fix the problems from last year. And you fix that. But, but, but I've come to the conclusion that, that my problem is the playoffs. I mean, I, I cannot win in the playoffs. And the other side of it is because I, it, it, and it, what it's mentally exhausting because the whole season you're like, and then you get to look, man, it's game time. And it's just a devastating, uh, the only way I could put it, it's, it's like, and it's become in my house, it's become like a bad accident that you can't take your eyes off when you get to the playoffs. <laughs> and my, my children take great pride. Hell, they haven't made the playoffs in like seven years because they're at college doing college stuff. Um, what exactly is that? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, I had no idea when I said goodbye to them several years ago that I literally would never see them. <laughs> um, but it, look, man, it, 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 look, you're a Chiefs fan. It can change. Yes. Yes, it can change. It can change. It can. Change. It can. Yes. I, I hold on to that. Speaking of the little Z's, how long till they join the Elite Series? They are not. They are graduating. Why? They're graduating from college with a bachelor's, and we are pushing that they go on for their master's, and that is exactly where the Scorpion is aiming them right, right now. That's that's where they're going. So, and I've had, you know what's weird is I've asked both of them, you know, is that something, you know, that you want to pursue, and and I don't, I, I don't think it's for them, Dave. I really don't. Wait till they try real work. <laughs> right. Yeah. <duh. laughs> duh. They'll be bass fishing within a week. It, it, it's uh, it's uh, it, it's weird because you know this. You have to be really wired a certain way yeah. to be a professional bass fisherman. It, it almost has to, and, and not almost, it has to consume every second of every day. And as much as I think they love bass fishing and, and that they've had, success in in a lot of tournaments i think they love fishing i don't know that they love tournament fishing very few people have had the opportunity to see everything you've seen you know what i mean from every competitive competitor out there what is the number one characteristic it takes to to if you said hey man we want to be i want to be an elite series pro what is the characteristic that stands out to you that, that they all seem to have, or is there one? Yeah. You know, one, one throughout, throughout covering a lot of the guys that we've covered together, whether they're, they're still at Bassmaster or not, um, there, there's a lot of flatliners. Like, really, they come across as they're not aggressive, but they're very aggressive. You can look at a guy like, I'll, I'll go back to Jason Christie. 
Uh, you look at a dude like that, he is there for one reason. He is there to make you cry, and he is there to hold the trophy. And the other thing, and I actually talked about this with somebody last week, is when I first, when I first started covering Bassmaster Elite Series tournaments, a lot of the guys that I was covering, they were heroes of mine growing up. And then when you're around them in a work environment, in a competitive environment, you're like, ooh, I don't know if I really like that human being. <laughs> Do you want to give me some names? I will tell you somebody that, that, I, that I really struggled with. Yeah, yeah, here we go. This is perfect. Um, somebody that I really struggled with the, the first, oh, I don't know, 15 years of my career, and it was Denny. Um, when Denny was at a tournament, when he was at a tournament, um, he was there to win tournaments. Uh, I, I can absolutely throw Edwin Evers' name in there. And what's funny is they're so, they're so competitive. It comes across as an event. Well, well maybe they're just not, it's not that they're not, uh, not a nice person. The, the, there is a laser focus to block out the rest of the world and destroy you and make you cry. And then at the end of it, go home, be like, doggone it. That was fun. Wasn't it, buddy? That was fun stuff right there. Me just beating you down. Um, <laughs> And, and, and the the and look, Dave, we've talked about this on on Bassmaster Live a lot. It it's almost like to see a guy like Bill Lowen, a, a nice guy, a nice dude, win a tournament. Um, what we've seen a lot of times, if you're a nice guy, if you're a Gussie or a Bill Lowen, yeah, you don't win as many tournaments. If you're self isolated like this. Laser focused, a loner. A loner tends to win a lot of tournaments, I notice. Um, and, and again, it's not that those guys are bad or they're bad on the water, but they're just, they're, they're, they're so, this isn't even a word, but they're so isolated and focused upon, like it's weird throughout the years. The, the one person I could say that defied that was Aaron because yeah. Aaron really Aaron was uh -huh. happy. He's happy go lucky and won a heck of amount of bass tournaments. But for the most part, snipers and assassins win fishing tournaments. Could you imagine what, it, like, really, I've thought about this. If you put like just a little bit of, of each of uh, each uh, in that, but, but if Aaron just had a tiny bit more of that killer Doesn't. instinct, I mean, it, it would, it would be incredible. All right. But that's, but that's what made, you know, what's strange is that's what made Aaron very special because, I, and I, I always bring this one tournament up that, that we were at Clark's Hill and everybody was sight fishing. The entire tournament was sight fishing. And I, I was with you. I think I was with you. We were in a boat and you see Aaron 37 miles offshore crushing them. And you're like, that's what makes that dude that dude. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. It's been fun to watch. Yeah. He sees things different than anybody. And, and it's amazing. And not just on the water, but off the water. Like he really, <laughs> the world needs more errands. You know what I mean? Just because he is the guy that I feel like my life is a constant blur of just never having enough time for anyone or anything. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm always ending conversations with people because I'm not because I don't want to, but Aaron is a dude who, he sees you and you feel like, 
Yeah. I'm the only thing that matters right now. Well, let's just talk. I mean, he's a special person. Yes. I, you know, I, I, I talked to you right after I taped with yeah. him. I taped with him uh, a month ago uh, down on Pickwick. And it's weird. Like every time, every time I've been lucky enough to fish with him, hang out with him, you kind of, you kind of leave that, that little time span together. And I said this on the show, I said, you know, Aaron has made, he's made me a better person. Um, a lot of times you look at yourself and you're like, I need to change this, change this, change this. When you're around Aaron and, and you leave and you, and a lot of times you leave and you decompress because all you both done is, is talk is, is that, uh, Aaron's a, just a darn good human being. And, and I look up to that. I, I look up to his fishing skills a lot, obviously, but I look up to the man that, that he is. I remember, so, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm going long-winded, somebody said to me once, it was the very first time I taped with Aaron, they're like, why did you tape with him? I, I couldn't see him talking about too much in the boat. I said, no, no, he never stopped. <laughs> there, and you know the story. You know how you change. You change your little, you change your little battery in your in your wire in your microphone halfway through the day and Wes Miller who's been a bass master and his own a cameraman for 96 years we were on Lake Ontario and Aaron was talking a lot and and Aaron goes Aaron goes goes along and, and Wes said hey Z I got to change the uh the battery in your microphone I said oh okay and Aaron goes do you need to change mine he goes no yours has been dead for like two and a half hours <laughs> and here's the thing it was so true <laughs> sorry speaking of angling skills it's one of the things that that i think some people probably look at you and don't understand uh dude i mean no joke i mean an idiot like me would have ended up i, I if i had made the elite series i would have dequalified as soon as i made it i'll be honest i'm just good at yelling crap but, but you're, dude you're fun to fish with yes yeah that's <laughs> because i suck people who suck are fun to fish with but see you don't suck uh you you had an incredible tournament career and 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 Similar to somebody that's doing something right now. Brock mostly has a bunch of seconds, but his roommates are calling him Deuce now. You were the original Deuce. You were Z2. Your wife actually bought you a license plate. I don't yes. know if you want to talk about that, but can we? Can, can you give Brock mostly some <laughs> advice? <laughs> or, or did you just quit and become a famous announcer? You know what's, you know what's really bizarre about that? that so I took somebody... So, uh, Ray Hanselman won four ever starts in one year. Yeah. And some people have called that the greatest accomplishment in tournament fishing. I've heard that said. I had four seconds in one year, <laughs> which is the most pathetic record you could actually have. But, but here's the one thing that I would say to Brock is, is, is num uh, as hard as this is to hear, I can, I can look, you all, you know this, and, and all of your viewers that watch this, whether you fish a Tuesday night or a weekend tournament or, 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 a, or a national tournament, the ever starts are now what the, um, I'm not even sure what, it's had like 37 different names that circuit. But, but it's, it, uh, I look back at those tournaments now, 
just like we all do. We assess the tournament. We drive home. We're like, oh, doggone it. If I would have done this or this or this, I can look at every one of those tournaments now and say, if I would have done this, I would have won. Or if, if I would have, it, it. but there are certain things I, I know in my mind now that would have changed the course of those events looking back on them. And I know Brock will do that. Brock will say to himself, gosh, if I would have done this or this or this or this. But the thing is, after I, I, I fished in AAA tournaments, after I had a, a nice run, I, the last tournament I fished was the Bassmaster Open on Champlain, and I was second or third. <laughs> shocker. Second or third. <laughs> yeah, right. Good stuff there. Um, is after covering the Elite Series, and I've made this exact statement to you, um, I would never want to go back and fish a tournament. I, I would never want to do that just because Why? we're around it. Ah, we're around it so much. The, the other side is, and I'm not saying I, a lot of the anglers have told me very, very the, the most apex information of lakes that we go to that you're not going to get. You're not going to get it on Bassmaster Live. You're not going to get it from them ever. And I would think throughout 20 years of covering these guys and the information that they've given me, it would be very tasteless to be like, wow, I got a lot of good areas and I know exactly, you know, and not even saying that I could execute on that, but I think it would, it would, yeah, it would be shoddy. It would be, yeah. um, to do something like that. The other, the other thing is, is 10 years from now when the kids are married, one of them is getting married next spring. Oh, that's, what? That's a joke. That's a total <laughs> joke. You got to have a girlfriend to get married, my friend. Is uh, is uh, ten years from now? Would would I like to maybe Karen and I drive around and and fish a, a a big tournament or two? Maybe, but not till I'm way, way, way out of of this career that we're we're in together. Is is that a new sweater? See. Uh, I actually put it on. I tried to match my hat. I think it's got it. Th- I think I just noticed a tag. Oh my gosh, it does have a tag on it. That's hard. Hey, listen. I appreciate you coming in prepped. You know, I mean, you're not going to put an old sweater on for me. I was trying to look good for you. I was trying to, I was trying to raise the class of this podcast. I was trying to bring it up. And see, I destroyed it right near the end of this thing. But you know, you know what's funny is is and I and I and I do mean this is um after fishing tournaments, you always say this. It's not it's not work if you love what you're doing. And what what I've been able to do with you and Davey and Tommy and Mike McKinnis and the whole jam group, Ronnie Such, everybody. Dude, it's been the it, it I've always said that our job is the best job on planet Earth and the worst job to get to. Like the travel part <laughs> sucks, but, but, it, but it's still worth it. It's still like the memories that, that I'll have of, of covering the Bassmaster Elite Series and, 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 and doing fishing shows, whether it's been Facts of Fishing or, or Zona Show or whatever it is. Um, it's been a hell of a ride, man. It's been a... Whether it stops, to, if, the, if, the, if the carnival ride stops tomorrow or it's whenever it does, it has been uh, fortunate because I don't, I always say this, I, I, to this day, I do not take it for granted. I know you don't. 
Your work ethic is amazing, really. And, you, you know, I know you play it off as like, oh, I'm just having fun and everything. But you really may be the busiest dude in the industry. But one of the things that really impressed me, talk to me about, because I don't think fans understand, Bassmaster fans understand what a Mark Zona interview is like. Like, because I see the other side. At events where anglers are like, man, Z, Z will not leave me alone. He wants to know exactly what this bait is. Like you take those pre-interviews are almost like inquisitions. <laughs> and some of them have gone great and some go drastically bad <laughs> and affect a relationship for decades. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> it, it, the, the, the whole thing about it, you know, when we gather information is to Number one, paint a story of what's going on. But number two, tell that angler's story, okay? And look, the, one of the, it's always been an elephant in the room of bass fishing is um, anglers that use baits that they're not sponsored by. That's fine. That's, uh, it's always happened. It's always going to happen. And we'll just stay generic. He's just throwing a suspended jerkbait instead of naming it. He's throwing a, a, a deep diving crankbait. And if, if, if it fits his sponsor alignment, I'll, I'll scream it to high heavens if it, you know, what it is. We just had that happen with Christy last week. Um, but, but what's funny is some anglers, I don't want to call it an interrogation, but I like to have fun with the interviews. But look, if you're going to play hardball with me, I'm going to play hardball with you. <laughs> Um, there was one, there was one angler that you knew this, whenever I would interview him, it would become hostile to say the least it would become hostile. So I would lead with, when I realized that I was getting under his skin, I would lead with, could you give me the waypoints where you're starting tomorrow? <laughs> Which would instantly set it off in a bad tone. But the, the other, really the other side of those and I and, and and I've learned how because we deal with a lot of rookies now. We deal with a, a a lot of anglers that have not had the camera time that others in the past have. Is I lead with, what do you feel cool telling me? That's honest. I said, don't 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 paint a picture that's not going on because we're all going to see it. Every viewer is going to see it. Yeah. If if you BS us, we're going to know. It, the way I I tend to handle it now is help steer them down the road of really what's going on, but more than what's going on, where do you think it's going throughout the tournament? And, and I think that those, look, we all want to know what color, what size, what pound line, what rod and reel. And that is absolutely what Bassmasters founded on is information to catch more fish. Big bass, big stage, big dream. Indeed. The, indeed. The, uh, but the other side is, is really telling those stories of what happened in practice. What do you think it's going to transpire into? But you're right, Dave. Some of the interviews have gone right and some have gone drastically wrong. Yeah. Well, I think this one's gone right. But before we're done, I, I want to just, just have a little fun with you play a name game. I'm going to give you some oh. names. You, you can give me one word answers or... Take as long as you want. That's the beauty of this platform. So I let's did just have an angler. I did have an angler. Sorry. Oh, yes, to touch please. You off. No, no, I give did it. Have an angler. Uh, I did have one. I called him and he went, I don't want to talk to you <laughs> later. 
those have been some of the more interesting ones. Who, who was it throughout the years? But I, no, I won't do that. I will not. I will not do that. I will not do that. I will not. I cannot do that. <laughs> Let's just say it wouldn't be a surprise. That's All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Okay. Name game. Brian New. For real. Is that? Am I supposed to say one word? Well, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Um, Brian New is rough. He's rough. Um, I remember when I first met Brian Thrift, his best buddy. I'm like, dude's rough. Can catch him. Brian New is exactly that. He's a, a very. He was a, a a breath of fresh air the very first time I talked to him, and I, we talked about it a ton on Bassmaster Live. I said, "What are you here to do?" He's like, "What do you mean?" I said, what, "What's your goal?" He's like, uh, "AOY and uh, win the classic this year." I'm like, "Shoot for the stars," you know what I mean? Nail it, shooter. But it, it's uh, he is absolutely for real, and I think I do think after he's the kind of guy, a lot like Brian Thrift, when he gets one or two looks at a lake because I know a lot of the bodies of water are very new to him. I think that's when you're two or three years from now, we'll be saying his name a heck of a lot more than we are right now. Greg Hackney. Uh, pent up energy right now. Pent up energy. Greg is, uh, Greg is here to do something. Greg's, Greg's back for what Greg's biggest nemesis. And he told me that he hated, he hated the Bassmaster Classic because it always eluded him. And, and I've had fun with him about the classic and he, he's here for that reason. I know he is. He said, man, you know, there's always so much, there's always, there's just too much attention brought to the classic. I said, uh, that's why it's the classic, Greg, but, but he's, he's the only angler in the history of the sport to have potential to win that full circle of FLW Angler of the Year, Bassmaster Angler of the Year, FLW Forest Wood Champion. He needs to he needs to win the Bassmaster fight. He does. I believe that. Brent Ayler. A nice guy that has won in the world of tournament. <laughs> Brent Brent Ayler is is uh absolutely one of the best offshore fishermen I have ever been in the boat with and we've been able to shoot a lot of shows and what's really weird is he has a very Aaron Martins on the water and off the water Here, here's here's what I could say about Ayler is there and you know this Dave whenever you're a competitor and you're a winner you'll hear somebody pop off and say something about that person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it goes with the game that we're in. Brent Ayler's one, one of the people that you do not hear a bad thing about. I, I have a lot of respect for that. Seth fighter. <laughs> that is a hot mess. That <laughs> is a hot mess. You, you know, it, uh, Seth, Seth is a, is, is a, a walking mess, but in a good way. And really one of the things that I think has been uh, most impressive about Seth, he has a little bit of, of an Iconelli, a little bit of a Kevin Van Dam thing, because he is now competing at the highest level 
where you're seeing a lot more consistency with Seth. Look, let's put it. If you really look at Minnesota guys, Michigan guys, New Jersey guys, you can throw New York guys in there too. Canada, one of the hardest things for those anglers to do is be consistent on Southern waters. And you're seeing that with Seth. And I, I really believe you will see Seth in the next 24 months hold a major title in the sport. I really believe that because he's become, here's what Seth does not have anymore train wrecks for events. He some in some way, shape, or form, he knows not to he knows not to be in, in 75th place. And he knows how to say, look, having a good tournament's great. It's not having a disastrous 80th, 90th place finish. Seth seems to know how to do that now. Let's talk about the only Canadian not to win the Elite Series event, Corey Johnston. <laughs> Uh, boy, you can put it. He's a hot mess, too. He, really <laughs> he is really a hot mess. And I hate to say it. I, it, you know, Corey tells me all the time how much better he is at bass fishing than Chris Johnston. Johnston, and I'm like, bro, the numbers don't lie. No, you're not. You have. <laughs> um, but, but I will tell you something. Watching him, watching him on the water, uh, and I went to, like, you know, I, I came to the St. Lawrence River Tournament. And I wanted to watch him smallmouth. I, look, it's obvious he's great at, at largemouth fishing. Whenever we're on grass lakes, tends to do very well. Lakes yeah. like, you know, surround your house. Um, I think what, gosh, it's hard for me to say, and I feel bad. This is Gussie and Chris. I think when it's all said and done, Corey's going to hold more trophies. Well, well, it's hard to go there for me. I mean, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Zachers. Zach's got a little problem right now. Zach is getting up there long in the tooth, as you say. Okay. Um, Zachers. <laughs> I love him. Zach has attacked no less than 30 people in the last week. Uh, most recently, my cameraman, Brian Evie. I saw that. And my father last night. So, Your father? Yes. Yeah. Dad went to pet him, and it. No, he wasn't buying into that, Jack. You know what I mean? It's uh, Zach's a he's a he's a damn good boy, and he knows tricks. He knows tricks, and he he takes a lot of naps, Dave. That's what he's doing right now. He's getting ready for another aggressive evening. Yeah. Spe speaking of naps and tricks, Tommy Sanders. Uh, Tommy is. Uh, Tommy has taught me more in 20 years than anybody has taught me in a career in my entire life. Tommy is, you know what's strange? And, and you, know, you know this. Tommy is the, the perfect professional at what he does. But when the, hold on, when the, when the switch is turned off, Tommy's a train wreck. It's my favorite, Tommy. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> and like that, that is the one thing that I've noticed with really, really um, professional, successful people in their field. When they get outside of their field, you're like, man, you are a disaster. And, and Tommy is absolutely that. But, but really, what, what are the things that, that I've appreciated with Tommy is him letting us complete circus clowns drag him down to our level 
Why don't you come down to our level for a little bit? But, but, but it's really, you know, when, when I first started commentating tournaments, I would purposely, I would purposely poke him, poke him like little things during commercial break. And he would say, he would be like, Hey, uh, Mark, that's what he would call me. Uh, Hey, Mark, uh, don't, don't, don't do that again. Okay. How's that sound? I'm like, yeah, we'll do champ. (laughs) So, so it was, you know, and, and, but throughout, throughout all the 9 million tournaments we've covered, the one thing that's been consistently awesome has been Tommy Sam. No doubt. Kevin Van Dam. He's the best. Still is, still is the best. You know, you, you wanna you wanna think that there's there's another Tom Brady Super Bowl somewhere in there. I'd like to see him at the Bassmaster Class. What? Wait, what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'd say. Who wouldn't? I'd like to see him at the Elite Series one time. Okay. Who wouldn't? Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a, it, the, but the you know the other side of, of Kevin. The other side of Kevin is is. He's a good dude. He's a he's a he's a great dude. He's, he's an older brother to me. He is and I always look at him. I'm like, you know, he's still going 150 miles an hour, bro. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Sit back and have a Coca Cola. You know what I mean? Um, I, my 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 question is, and I ask him this probably the point where he wants to punch me in the face is, you know, how much how much more are you gonna you gonna do this for? When it when is Kevin Van Dam outdoor television, you know, circus going to start in the next few years. So uh, he's probably got a little more left in the tank, though. I don't think, I don't think Kevin Van Dam's final tournament career chapter is done yet. I don't think so. Yeah. Jerry McKinnis. Miss, Miss Jerry. I was talking about Gary the other day. I, I you know, what's, what's, I, I used to, um, and this is a selfish thing. I remember Jerry walking through the studio and he would, he'd light me up a little bit. And I was like, wow, I'm getting yelled at by Gary. That's so, you know, it's okay. <laughs> but, but really, um, one of the things that I always respected about Jerry and it, it and with it comes a lot of, a, a lot of arrows. Um, Jerry wanted to change bass fishing always for the better. And I saw the time and work that Jerry put into it. And I'll always have a a massive amount of respect for that because I knew how big Jerry always wanted bass fishing to be. Uh, You know, he always wanted bass fishing to be the, the biggest sport in the world. And I have a, we, we, we need people. We needed people like that. We still need people like that. You know, Mike McInnes is, is still one of the catalysts. Bowman, guys like that, um, for the right way, you know, for the right reasons for bass fishing to be the biggest. And look, everybody wants, you always hear this, and we're going to do this to make it the biggest thing ever, this the biggest thing ever. Whether it's right or wrong um, or works or fails, I always give those people some amount of credit or re- and respect for trying that. I, I really do. I really do. All right, last one. Mark Zona. <laughs> the biggest hot man. <laughs> uh, I, Dave, that's a very that's a very convoluted 
that you're around me. You've been around me a lot. Um, I'm a very, I'm a loner. I go to bed at seven 30. I wake up at five every single day. Uh, work hard, play harder. <laughs> Is that fair? I, I would say that's fair. I would hey, say Dave, that's fair. Dave, you're very similar. <laughs> we have a good time and we have a great job, but I want to thank you for doing this. Z, you really are the best and uh, go Lake Fork. Yes. <laughs> going to be like a fun said, one. I look forward to seeing you there, my friend. I'll, I'll see you somewhere down the road at a Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> it's my go-to. I'm consistent. <laughs> I love you, Dave. Thank you. Love Thanks you too, me. brother. Thank you. How about Zona? I mean, that dude is absolutely phenomenal. I want to thank Z and Zaldane for taking the time out of their week. And I want to thank all of you for taking time out of your week to watch this crappy little show. All I ask is that you help us grow. And how you do that is simply just by, if you listen to us on the streaming services, thanks. Give us a review. Give us a like. Give us however that works. And also on YouTube. I mean, in real life, I want to know your personality. But the YouTube algorithm, they don't give a crap about my personality. I mean, they they just like likes. And they're free. So hit that little thumbs up button. Hit the notification. Give us some subs. We're going to turn this show into something special together. Um, I can't promise it'll be good. But I can promise uh, we'll work our butts off giving you a show week after week. And uh, it'll be our show. And, and, and we have sounds now. So thank you for tuning in this week to Mercer, an absolutely substandard show that comes to you week after week, putting hump in your hump day. Thank you, humpers. Go out there. There's a lot of crap in the world. There's a lot of negativity. Go out there, spread some positivity, enjoy being, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?